office, baby! Woo! For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 72 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And oh boy, we're here to break down and discuss the new Rogue One trailer. No oh, boy. Here it comes, my friends. We go a couple of weeks with no news, and then they drop the hot shit on us. Just the like we discussed last Star week. Star Wars news bomb. What did I tell you guys last week? If Jason Ward from Making Star Wars has some hot trailer news... Yeah, best damn believe it, because guess what? It came right on schedule yesterday morning on Good Morning America. Before we get to that, and as a, a quick note, we have a limited amount of time to record tonight because my boy Will is going in for a sleep study, correct? Sleep study, yep. And he has to get to bed by a certain time, so um, we're going to get to the trailer and as many voice messages and emails as we can if we miss you guys you know we'll get you next week because guess what? News is probably going to be slow next week. That's how this yep. thing goes. Because um, we got good news this week. Means probably no news next week. Um, uh, but before we get to the trailer, real quickly, let me give you guys the business. If you want to like us on Facebook, you can at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blue Harvest Pod and at Will Witten 3 You yep. can... Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com, and you can buy our shit, shirts, mugs, notebooks, whatever the hell you want, tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. It's as easy as that. So I uh, love the way that you give them the business. I'm getting better at giving the business. It just takes a little practice. Oh, you've been good at giving the business since I've known you, my man. <laughs> I'm sure my lovely lady would uh, disagree with that. Speaking of which... I would be remiss not to mention that today is Jesse and I's five-year anniversary together. Happy anniversary, dude. So I just want to say to her, because I know she listens back sometimes, happy anniversary, and I love you, and uh, thanks for listening to me babble about Star Wars so much. Um, That's real love. It sure is. It sure is. But what do you say? What do you say we get down to breaking down and checking out this trailer? 
Ooh, the nitty-gritty trailer. Let's, let's jump right into this trailer, man. We got a limited amount of time. Let's get to it. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the trailer and watch it uh, once through. Uh, you'll hear the audio. Um, Will, uh, do you have your trailer synced up? I do. I'm and ready so to go. We'll just say play and uh, get to it. Uh, mention or react to anything you see. Um, I'll do the same. And then uh, we'll keep the trailer on repeat with the audio down and we'll just discuss it a little more in depth how's that sound right on all right so on three my friend three two well i guess if i say on three and then start at three that's not very good so one, you know what i knew what you were saying uh on go one two three go all right um i believe that shuttle we're seeing right there is krennic's personal shuttle we get our first look at um, Jen Urso's father, uh, Galen. Young Mr. Director Krennic, hashtag Mendo, in a silly hat, I might add. I'm not feeling that hat well. You know, they're breaking all... Gen now this that that Jedi monument in the sand, amazing, amazing. When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? Mon Mothma, looking sassy as usual. to the development of a super weapon. So it definitely looks. What do you think, Will? Like we're gonna get some flashbacks during this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it starts off, you know, with a flashback, pretty much. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, that hat, but it's the classic. I know. You know. I know. And I don't. Something tells me he's not wearing it forever. No, and I don't care what hat he's wearing. Just the little bit of dialogue and stuff we get from him in this trailer. Fucking sold, man. Hat or no hat. Yeah. I love seeing that ATSD, by the way. I don't hear the dialogue. Is it? Is it coming through? Oh, I guess it's it's only coming through for me, maybe. Oh, that's cool. As long as the, you know, I'm sure the listeners will get it. I'm so in love with all these characters already. Right? Not a single one I don't like the look of. I'm going to be completely honest. The jungle planet environment looks oh. sick. Fucking space battles! Yes! Yes. It's going to be interesting seeing a droid actually fight, you know, and have control over weaponry and flying a ship and stuff. Because really, you know, you don't see that from droids. Well, unless you count the battle droids, I guess, you know. Oh, well, yeah. And to me, those aren't autonomous. Yeah, they're 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 de they definitely seem more mindless uh, than uh, K2 does. And I um, guess they are autonomous, but I don't know. There's a control ship and stuff, you know. I think they're yeah. less autonomous than other droids we've seen in Star Wars. Um, the, my first reaction to this trailer was, it's great. Like, anything I might say against the trailer, I, d I want my main point to be, it's great. Like, it was a great trailer. If it, Even for a movie that wouldn't be a Star Wars movie, it's a great trailer. Yeah. Um, as a Star Wars trailer, is great. It is my second favorite Rogue One trailer. I still like the one before a little better. Although... 
I got to give this one props for giving us um, some more character moments. It gives us a lot. And like, are they moisture farming? Is that what those, um, I don't know, those pillars on his farm are? They sure do look like moisture evaporators. Now, is that what they're meant to be? Or are they just there as set dressing to be like, look, it's Star Wars. Remember these things? It's Star you Wars-y, know? yeah. That um, Fallen Jedi thing does look awesome, that yeah. statue. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, the one thing that kind of struck me as weird, and this is really, it's not even a complaint, but I just thought it was weird. So in the last trailer, we get the Vader stinger, or the tease at the end, where we just see him from behind. Right. right? And which, when they do that, to me, that means like they're like, okay, we're saying, hey, Vader's in this movie, but we're saving the big reveal for something badass. Yeah. And I feel like they revealed Vader like full on in this trailer in a weird way. It's a cool shot. It looks badass. Vader looks fucking pissed. But it was just a little weird as far as the payoff of all the the hype of Vader being in the trailer. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, or in the movie, rather. Um, well, because Krennic's talking to him or he's giving him like a very heated piece of dialogue. Right. Before we see him... Um, from the front, we see him briefly from behind where, where Krennic is like, you know, the power of the station is immeasurable. Right. Um, I can't wait to see Ben Mendelsohn rock this role. I think, you know, um, going into The Force Awakens, it was a little bit of an unknown um, because you're, you're dealing with actors that you don't know much about. Um, and I went back and watched some of Oscar Isaac's stuff and I had seen... Uh, attack the block with John Boyega in it before uh, I saw the force awakens, but you're still like, I don't know this Daisy Ridley lady. How's she going to do? How's John Boyega going to do in star Wars? And then I don't know about you, but to me, like Daisy Ridley stole the show in the force. She really did. And I think that is what director Krennic is going to do in this one. I think he is going to be a scene stealer, just chewing up the fucking scenery in every scene he's in. Very, very possible. Um, so, uh, for the little story beats that we get in here uh, pretty much just confirm things that people have speculated on or that little bits of news here and here, there that have come out. So basically, um, as we saw in that Catalyst book, or the synopsis for that Catalyst book, Krennic takes Galen Urso to help complete the Death Star. So I believe that's I mean, without a question, that's what we're seeing at the beginning of this trailer with the young Jin and everything. Um, and that's why he says, what I do, I do for you, you know? Right. Um, oh, man, I'm just looking at some of this stuff, and it's so amazing. It has such a a new hope feel to it, you know? But what I like is that it's it's got its own story feel to it. It yes. doesn't feel borrowed from anywhere, you know. Like yes, it definitely feels like its own story, and that's what I find so unique about this. Some of these shots are not necessarily Star Wars, but the Star Wars elements in them. You know, having the Death Star in the background in that cloud shot. You know, it's just unique but familiar at the same time and i know that sounds ridiculous but no i i know exactly what you mean and to me that's something that force awakens did really well as it took especially with the ships you know it took these ships that were so familiar with and put them in a new context and seeing them fight in atmosphere not in space yeah um and I, it looks like we're getting a healthy dose of that in rogue one 
as well, where they're taking things we know and sort of recontextual contextualizing them. I try, look at me trying to fucking sound smart and then stumbling over the word like a fucking jackass. I think you had it. Um, it, it, it you know what I mean? It, it takes these familiar things and gives it to us in a new light. So it's not like we're seeing the same old thing again. Absolutely. Um, there's some of these moments that look very sacrificial, mm-hmm. you know, like, like kind mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't know how you're going to get out of this or, you know, it looks, it looks like it might be sad. I think that, you know, people always say they want a dark and, and gritty Star Wars. And I think you will get that to a certain degree in some aspects. And I think this might come the closest to what some people want for that. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a Star Wars movie. You know, there's always yeah. going to be that glimmer of hope. It's not going to be fucking Batman versus Superman oppressively gloom and dark, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, the... The one weird thing I've seen crop up is now that uh, we have the final trailer and we're getting close to Rogue One, Rogue One is now the the pretty lady in the room and The Force Awakens is old news to where people are like, I can tell already that Rogue One is going to be so much of a better movie than The Force Awakens. And I'm like, uh-huh. damn, like, cut it some fucking slack. The, the Force Awakens was good. Just because there's a new Star Wars movie coming out doesn't mean... You immediately have to pick a side and say this one's better than that. Why don't you wait to see the movie first? That's some hipster stuff. It is. It is a little bit of that for sure. Um, I'm really liking... Do you notice on the shot we see of Scarif, the um, the sort of jungle beachy world, that huge complex in the background? Yeah. I think that's probably like the research facility where they're doing the last of the the work on the Death Star. Okay, it's very Halo looking, like that whole monolith kind of. The whole thing, like that whole shot looks like fucking Halo. That is, I didn't even place that until you just said it, but you couldn't be more right. That's got a very Halo vibe, Um, like a Halo 1 vibe specifically. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I really like that shot of like the reverse reflection, you know, of like, the uh, I guess it's like a target that targeting computer shot where you see Vader and then the you know like a planet coming up and then the targeting the red planet and the white targeting mm-hmm. whatever it is coming up that looks really cool and then at the very end there's that giant explosion you know that that Independence Day style uh, like beyond nuclear detonation now, I assume that's you know the testing of the Death Star cannon or maybe something similar. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see because, you know, I've said several times on this and on um, Rogue One that I always got the feeling that the Death Star fired for the first time on Alderaan. That was its test. You know, in the first trailer when they said that there's a weapons test imminent, I think destroying Alderaan is the weapons test. Now, if they were to have the fucking Death Star take a shot... I don't think it's going to blow up the entire, like, you know, you would have to add some new facet to the Death Star to where, like, it can target a city on a planet or something. And I don't know that they would do that. Um, yeah. That scene you were talking about, though, the red scene with the reflection of Vader. Yeah. I believe, you know, at Celebration, they got to see a Rogue One trailer that wasn't released to the public. And um, I believe... 
Was it uh, just combinations of this footage, or was it a, a whole unique? I, I think it was old footage with some new footage. I don't know if any of this was in it or not. I honestly don't. But that in, the end scene of that trailer, I believe, was the shot of Vader's reflection in that floor with mm-hmm. the red around him. I think that was like the, the oh shit end moment of that celebration teaser. Um, so we were talking about the space battles. And I'm fucking stoked about these space battles. And it just popped up again and that's what made me think of it. What do you think that is? They're flying around. It looks like some sort of orbital space station or some sort of structure. It does, doesn't it? Uh, I imagine, um, you know, it's probably some sort of, uh, I, I don't know, like a, uh, not fueling structure, but a place where, oh, like Death Star parts are a sky hook, you know, like yeah. a, like a a post orbital station where you know uh, ore or just pieces are flown to you know short distance to the Death Star. You know, you saying that just reminded me of something in something that was released, or maybe it was in like that Visual Dictionary or something that leaked. I believe in one of the descriptions for Scarif, they said in Scarif's atmosphere, there's a huge orbital station where star destroyers and fighters and stuff dock. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if that's what that is. Yeah, it's like a... Um, I mean, there's concepts for that to actually have a space elevator, basically. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most you know reliable ways to get to space because rocket fuel is incredibly expensive and... You Volatile. Know, to, volatile and for us to get from earth to space it's very unpredictable but if you could build a strong enough space elevator you know you could get people and goods you know and and uh products back and forth from the surface to orbit fairly quickly and with you know minimal risk and you know waste energy wise but the material that the space elevator would need to be made of would have to be incredibly strong there's a uh, documentary on Netflix that I recommend. I think it's Skyline, um, but that deals with that specifically. It would have to be like carbon nanofiber, you know, ribbon, but it doesn't even exist yet. But people are working on it. Like, yeah. In our um, children's children's lifetime, a space elevator may be feasible. But like, like that's kind of what I was thinking that was like, a you know, a place where star destroyers and things dock. Um, and if you notice, uh, there's also the scene... It's, uh, I believe it's going to end up being Eadu or Radu or whatever. There's another planet that's uh, featured in the movie that we don't know a whole lot about. We know it's in the movie because some of the figures are, you know, like how the Ray figure will see, say, Ray, Jakku Village on it. Like right. um, the Cassian figure says Cassian Andor, Eradu or Eradu or however the hell we're going to end up saying this planet. Uh, yeah. But it's it's at night and there's like ships fall flying overhead and there's um, explosions and shit. If you look closely, there's Y wings in that. Okay. So that's really cool. Uh, we'll get to see some Y wings again. Steve Cobra's talking, favorite ship. The Ayakaru? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? No, it's Iradu. E R A D U, I believe. Yeah. Um. I'll say this. The one thing, or, or one small thing that sort of left me a little meh about The Force Awakens was some of the alien designs. I like whatever race Elo Atsi is. 
or uh, Asty. It looks like a catfish face to me. Yeah, I like it though. Like uh he does look like a catfish face. Um He looks I mean, like the only he, other real time you see the aliens are in Maz's uh cantina. Right. And some of those like they look cool but nothing really stood out as like a classic alien design from Star Wars like a Ethorian or a Rodian or uh anything like that. Now there are some aliens in this however that really get me going that I think look really cool. You are um, absolutely right. On Jedha, uh, when we see Chirrut whipping ass and stuff, we see that new character that they uh, debuted at Comic-Con, uh, Two Tubes. He looks uh, like, I don't know, he's got like a breather mask on and he's yeah, got like a robe Yeah, looking very menacing, stuff. actually. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that Saw Guerrera and his merry band of rebels or his rebel cell are are based on Jedha. I think a lot of these um, alien characters, Bistan, Bistan and Moroff and Two Tubes, are part of his resistance cell. You know what I Bistan mean? Bistan is uh, an Ayakaru, whatever that yes. is. It's a yes. new species um, that Pablo Hidalgo was talking about. Yeah, uh, so I, I'll say that, like, some of the alien designs I really dig. And, I, you know, I've seen several of them in figure form now. Um, One that's interesting to me is when Jin is in that jail cell in the very beginning, there's like a Cthulhu-looking one on the left laying down. Yes, you and know. and I've heard some people say that that may be um, uh, an alien that was in the cantina in the special edition, I believe. Um, huh. and obviously his face wasn't all animated and stuff. It was very static cause it was a mask, but right. that would be cool to me if, if we saw a more articulated version of some aliens that they couldn't do, uh, in that fashion cause they didn't have CG and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to see an authorian all CG'd out cause I want to see yeah. one talk and, and move a little more than just sitting at a fucking table. And my one experience with Ichthorian was um, in that Jindy Tarakovsky animated Clone Wars. Uh, there was an Ichthorian Jedi that was assisting the Chancellor against his kidnapping from General Grievous. And he got to use his war throat, you know, and it was incredibly right. powerful. Um, now I thought that was awesome. So I'd love to see an Ichthorian again and to see that power specifically. I wonder if that <clears throat> war throat thing is, is still considered part of their race in the new canon yeah, and stuff that, i do i wonder you know this is all stuff that you know, there were so many little details filled out in the old eu and in the old canon that may or may not be true anymore that it's kind of hard to separate sometimes um, yeah but like you were saying some of those races that were in the original cantina i'd like to see again um the uh the duros you know i'd like yeah. to see them you know uh whatever the oh shoot i feel bad the species that is the the band you know um uh, uh why can't i think of they're they're fucking the ham sandwich faces <laughs> ham sandwich faces oh shit man uh, any other day you. it I'm is sorry. it is gonna bother me like five minutes from now i'm gonna be it's a it's a whatever it, does it start with a b i think it, I think it does start with a b it's um the Tonal Nodes, Figrin Dan and the Tonal Nodes is the name of the band. And they Ooh, are that's Bith. that's good. Bith. They're good. Bith. That's Bith. right. Bith. Yes. Okay. Ooh, saved. 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 
Um, Saved by Hawes' genius. So what would you say... Give me three of your favorite moments from the trailer. Oh, that initial moment where they, where, where he's, uh, oh, oh, Krennic shows up to take her dad. Like, there's something about that moment that's epic and sad, kind of. And ominous. Yeah, very ominous. Um, let's see. Oh, goodness. Uh, the space battle scene. Oh, yeah. Is epic. Seeing that Jedi statue crumbled, like, and laying on the ground, that's awesome. I don't know why that strikes such a chord with me, but just to know that there was Jedi history on this planet is pretty sweet. I like anything uh, that that hints at the ancient history behind the story of Star Wars, and that's definitely one of those things. Um, the scene where they're all dressed up in the Imperial gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Through, well, at least the three of them are dressed up in the imperial gear. That seems like something. Something's going down. You know, I don't know what's going down. But it also something. looks like it's going to be a maybe a bit of a moment of humor because they stick out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like none of n- the two humans definitely don't look like they belong. Um, yeah. No. An interesting uh, choice to leave the visor up on that imperial ground crew helmet she's wearing. So you can mm-hmm. see her eyes. I'm sure that she'll have to put those down, put that down at some point. But, um, yeah, that I like that part. Um, the um, let's see, the uh, oh goodness, that that jump to light speed. Something about that is epic and crisp. So, I don't know. You know, we heard that that thing uh, that making star Wars reported on that, how they filmed the space battle and ship scenes were that they were on a huge sound screen that had a projection screen that wrapped all the way around them that projected the action onto the screens while they're on like the gimbal getting, you know, moved around and stuff like they're flying. I think that jumping into hyperspace scene is a result of that. I think that uh, is, is what was going on there. You know what I mean? That's pretty nice. That's pretty epic. If that is the result of them using that new filming technique, keep doing it because it looks awesome. Yeah, good on you. Um, so favorite moments of mine: space battle, absolutely one of them. And if you look, uh, if you if you pause it on that scene real quickly, you can see there's some, I don't know, Republic capital ships. You know, it looks like the medical frigate is back there and stuff. So it. It looks like they bring a little more power than just some, some you know, fighters. Right. Um, I really like, damn, any scene with fucking Ben Mendelsohn in it. Um, I, I like, I've, I've actually some people say, heard some people say that it was a little cheesy, but I didn't think so. The scene where he's like, they want a call, call sign, uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, uh, and another one that some people might consider cheesy, the um you know, Vader coming out of that exhaust smoke. <coughs> like uh I guess like the emperor did. Yeah. Or I guess like Vader has. Yeah. Know, Vader yeah. did. That those huge puffs of exhaust smoke and then Vader coming out of there, you know, charging forward like he's pissed. That's awesome. Um and then um Oh man, did you notice that it looks like Chirrut's staff turns into like a crossbow type thing? I saw like, him with the crossbow. I didn't realize that that was his staff. I think I didn't that's his that staff. Are... I think it like transforms almost, um, which is cool. Um, and then I would okay. say, 
like as far as last shots of a trailer go, like I typically like those to be oh holy shit moments, kind of like Chewie were home, you know. Yeah. Um, the last shot of Bay's running from the ATAT in the jungle, and it's like stepping behind him and like barely missing him and stuff. I think that is amazing. Um, not as impactful as some of the other more recent trailer like last moments we've gotten, but yeah. still really neat and and cool looking. Um, and talking about seeing uh, these ships and vehicles and stuff in a different light, like that scene with the ATST. Um, I actually think the CG on it looks a little bad, not terrible, but it looks like it's got some work that still needs to be done to it. Something about it just looks a little off to me. Um, but seeing that thing in urban combat. That is what I was about to say. Seeing it in like an urban setting and stuff uh, is is real badass. And it looks like it's just wrecking shit. It reminds me of Battlefront when you get Dropping it in the Dropping the hammer. Yeah. But uh, overall, uh, what were your impressions? What did you think about the trailer? I thought it was incredible. And it makes me even more excited. You know, I was already excited to see the movie. Now I'm even more excited to see this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm glad we finally got some little character moments. We got a little more from Jen, a little more from Krennic. Um, I'm just really excited to see what they're going to do with these characters. Um, it's like the first trailer was lots of veggies, and you had to eat it because that's all you got. But this one, there was lots of meat. Yeah, they served up some meat for us. Big old Porterhouse. thick meat. Mm. All right. So, uh, I guess that'll probably do it for our trailer discussion. It's, uh, look, I say that now, but you know for the next two months, we're going to be talking about this trailer. Yeah, I'm probably going to be watching it you know, once or twice a day from here on out. <laughs> oh, me too. Um, if anybody has anything they want to add to the discussion or, or clarify... Anything, or, anything we might have missed. Yeah, let us know because, you know, there's a lot... That's one thing I'll say is like... It took a few viewings for me to really take it in because there's a lot going on it's in that jam-packed. trailer, jam packed with with stuff and and like I said, the only thing that sort of it didn't even bother me. I just thought it was a weird choice was the Vader shot they used because I don't know you've you've been sort of teasing us with Vader for a little while in this movie, um, and you confirmed that he's in it, and then like you could have given us a holy shit Vader moment, you know, to end yeah. out the trailer, and instead we get. Once again, a very badass shot of him looking, walking up, looking like he's really pissed. But I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't know why, but I want to see him force choke somebody really bad. I think we might see that. To be completely honest, um, I know this is not typically the best uh, evidence to use for such a thing, but his his Rogue One pop is him doing the force choke. Is it really? It is. I'm sitting here looking at it right now. It's the GameStop exclusive. What the hell? Rogue One Darth Vader pop, and he is doing the force choke. So That's a good sign. I think it's a good sign, but I don't think we can put all our eggs in one basket with that. I'm putting a baker's dozen in there, bro. Uh-oh. 13. Right, that's right. A baker's dozen yep, is 13. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, do you want to get to some emails and stuff so we can get this um, wrapped up so you can uh, get your sleep tested? Yep, give me sleep on. All right, well, give me sleep on. First off, we've got a voice message from our buddy Richie in Boston. My blue harvest. And I always mess this up. Boston again. So I was watching the Force Awakens this morning, and 
a funny thing happened. I was kind of annoyed by Daisy Ridley's accent. And, you know, look, I, I realize that we get offended easily as a society these days. And anybody who does get offended, I'm an American of English descent, so I can say these things. So, you know, just, just fucking relax, okay? Um, you know, I also realize that Boston accents are probably the most annoying accents on the planet. So, uh, <laughs> huh. a funny thought popped in my head as I was thinking what if we did some of these characters as if they were from Boston and some of their famous quotes so let me give it a shot here's Yoda from Boston ready are you what know you of ready kid for 800 years have I trained Jedi my own counsel will I keep on who is to be trained and now here's Leia from Boston Governor Tarkin I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Okay, I, I know, I'm, I'm not an actor. Bear with me. Here's Admiral Mott from Boston. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels hidden... Shit. And my personal favorite, I, I think, anyways, Luke Skywalker from boston uncle owen this piece of shit r2 unit has a bad motivator look so what do you think you guys think i'm on to something i'm thinking i could listen to richie from boston say governor tack and dude that's what i was about to say i was like leia is the best his uh <laughs> the leia from boston is probably the best if he could just go through and like dub star wars but only do leia's like Leia's parts in Bostonian that'd be incredible oh oh my god can you imagine oh my god aren't you a little somebody short get this for walking carpet trooper? out of my way <laughs> walking carpet oh man we got to stop or or him and Steve are, go, are both going to leave us messages going hey <laughs> stop with the boxing Boston accent they just got to realize that if I could replace my own accent with any accent in this world, it would probably be a Boston accent. Just so I could listen to myself say talk and Governor talk and amazing. Amazing. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we have a question from Dylan. And this is what he has to say. What's up, Halls and the Ass Crusher? Finally watching Rebels with my daughter, so we are still on season one, but I've paid attention to the story thus far via various podcasts. Sounds like season three is off to a great start, and I can't wait to catch up. Listening to your latest episode of the podcast, and I just listened to your Rebels discussion where Maul and Ezra describe what they see when they combine the holocrons. Maul says he's, he wanted to see hope. Any chance that there's a this is a reference to Luke, a.k.a. the new hope? Um... I think that's a very good um, possibility. I just don't see what connection Maul would really have to Anakin or to his offspring, you know? I think, you know, Anakin, a.k.a. Darth Vader, took his place at Sidious' side, but I don't necessarily know that Maul, at this point, is interested in returning to be Sidious's apprentice. You as know? far as I know, he despises Sidious. Right. His um, betrayal. I think his hope was he, he needed something to, to push him on. Like, he's lost everything. 
He lost uh, being apprentice to the most powerful person in the galaxy. He lost uh, his control of Mandalore, um, which he got in the Clone Wars. He lost his brother, um, Mother Talzin, all these things. So I think what he, when he's saying hope, is he's he's hoping there's a reason for him to live, basically. And I think that that reason to live is revenge. To kill Kenobi. I think he saw Kenobi on Tatooine. I think Ezra saw Luke or or saw hints of Luke because Ezra said he wanted to destroy the Sith. And what he saw was what will eventually destroy the Sith. And that is Luke, you know. Um, So it'll be interesting to go go forward because at this point, there's a lot of people on the the, uh, bandwagon of thinking we're going to see an Obi-Wan and Maul duel in rebels and if they pull back on that and don't do it uh i'll be interested to see what the reaction will be and what they do instead of that um but we'll just have to see is it anakin that destroys the sith or is it luke that destroys the sith i mean this this is a podcast that all into itself in your mind who is the chosen one of the prophecy is it anakin or is it luke I, to me, I can't tell. Like, I still can't tell. Like, it's so, I mean, I think it's Luke because Luke's the one that brings his father back around. But I think the chosen one is Anakin because he is who destroys Palpatine. He turns back to the light side. He kills Palpatine and rids the galaxy of the Sith. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's so powerful. Himself. He learns the live after death trick without even doing it, you know, as far as I know. Unless that's something he's practicing in his meditation chamber. But it, they make it seem like it's only a Jedi trick, you know? Well, there's this thing, and and who knows, once again, with the restructuring of the canon, you know, the sort of George Lucas explanation behind that was, like, when Anakin passed on, Obi-Wan and, and Yoda used their knowledge of the afterlife or whatever to bring him over to their side basically um, because of his sacrifices and stuff. Uh, And that was actually spelled out pretty heavily in some earlier drafts of uh, return of the Jedi, but they did it for him basically. Yes. Yes. Um, But who knows? Like, you know, that could be, um, I guess they were feeling generous that they brought him back, you know, pre catastrophe looking <laughs> right right they're like ah eh, fuck it let's bring him back all handsome and shit <laughs> um but yeah you know that's one of those discussions man some people think it's luke some th- people think it's anakin i don't think you're wrong either way like you know that's just a matter of opinion to me it's i think like it's a chicken before the egg kind of thing i've always said like the prophecy of the chosen one bringing balance to the force is just that it's that statement there's going to be a chosen one Burn of a, born of a virgins in the force it brings balance to the force there but the that's like the cliff notes version like the full uh, you know the path to that prophecy is way more complicated than they ever imagined was that you know the chosen one would be born he would become a jedi he would betray the order he would murder all the jedi then he would have a son his son would basically uh, redeem Anakin Skywalker, and in doing that, Anakin destroys the Sith, kills Palpatine, and sacrifices himself. And I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, you know, uh, uh, Anakin as Darth Vader did bring balance to the Force. Like, 
you know, there were two Sith and there were two Jedi, you know, by the time a new hope rolls around, there's Obi-Wan and Yoda and there is, you know, the emperor and Darth Vader. Like that is, well, and, but not if you consider the Sith being the cancer that's throwing everything out of balance. Right. Right. So anyway, next email is from a new writer, inner writer, inner writer, inner, his name is Dean and he is from Australia. We're going international. Hey guys, my name is Dean, and I wanted to write you from here in Australia and tell you how much I enjoy your show. I came to Blue Harvest Pod from Rogue One, which I came to, came in turn on the recommendation of Steel Saunders. Steel Saunders is a gold medalist Star Wars podcaster. This is me, this isn't Dean. This dude, uh, he believes in the um, values of potting it forward. And practices those values unlike anyone I've ever seen. A solid like a true dude. Jedi. Like a true Jedi, man. And um, I think we'd all be a little better off if more podcasters were like our good buddy Steel. Um, and speaking of C- Steel, I'll give you guys a little sizzle. Um, my compatriots in Rogue One um, were at New York Comic Con with Steel and a couple of the guys from the Star Wars Underworld. And they recorded a New York Comic Con Megapod that's in three parts. Right now, you can go on the Steel Wars feed. And if you're not subscribed, I suggest you do that anyway because it's excellent content. Hashtag content. Hashtag Mendo. Um, (laughs) And you can get the first part. Now, I would like to say that I had no involvement in this. And my friend Michael Pappas has quite the fascination with going to CVS to get toilet paper. Um, I will just say there was some alcohol consumed by all these gentlemen, and uh, it sounds like a good, uh, crazy, rambunctious time. Um, And then part two will be up on the Star Wars Underworld feed, and then finally, part three will be up on the Rogue One feed. I believe on Sunday is when we're sort of coordinating to put it out, so you guys can look forward to that. Um, Excellent. But enough with that. Let me get back to our buddy Dean's email. He just reminded me that I hadn't plugged that yet. These three show combined are now essential listening for me each week. Thank you, sir. Oh, I'm, dude, thanks. I'm interested to get your perspective on the state of the Star Wars comic series coming out of Marvel. When Marvel announced they were taking back the Star Wars license, I was excited. I was a fan of many of the Dark Horse series, but was finding the series stale towards the end of their stewardship. I started the mainline Star Wars series for Marvel and had a fucking shit fit from the moment they ran Luke up against Vader in the first arc. By the time the series introduced the Sith cyborg Mon Cal, I was out. I couldn't believe the direction they were taking the comics in these weird arsed characters and situations I thought at the time, what a shit show. Likewise, I dipped my toe in the water with Poe Dameron series, but they introduced a weird cicada cricket thing that these force worshippers were tending to, and I found myself asking, what the fuck? I'm I'm persevering with the current Han Solo series, but man, the way things are going, it better behave itself. Now recently, I've been getting into manga in a big way. I've been devouring a series called Attack on Titan. My man, I love some Attack on Titan. Will knows. That's some good stuff. Recently, I picked up a two-volume series called Planets, and around the same time, I started another manga series called Monster. The storytelling across these series is, to my mind, far superior to 
anything I've read out of Marvel lately. The visuals are visceral. They draw you in and there is so much going on in them. Yet they are often simple without the bullshit that has crept into the Marvel panels. I just find myself more engaged in these Japanese series than I am with Star Wars of late. So my question is a two-parter. What are your thoughts on the current crop of Marvel comics set in the Star Wars universe? And do you think Star Wars would benefit from having a different storytellers take a crack at the franchise? Like Japanese writers and illustrators. Personally, I think a manga-styled series completely separate from Marvel would bring some much-needed new perspective and some fresh storytelling. And I think they would bring a more disciplined approach to the saga than the current crop of storytellers. Again, Halls and Will, thanks again for producing an Aces 10 weekly show. And I just wanted to re- reiterate how much I enjoy it. Sincerely, Dean. Well, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, Dean, thank you. Um, okay, so I am going to be completely honest. Uh, I fell off with the Marvel comics as well. For the same reason, I imagine. For very much the same reason. And it wasn't so much that like I was sitting there and I was just... Like, oh, what the fuck? This is terrible. It was just not good enough to get me to go to my comic shop every week or every couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. And with absolutely. trying to save with celebration and stuff, like, do I want to spend 15 to $20 a week on Star Wars books or put that money aside and have an awesome time at celebration next year, you know? It yeah. really came down to a, a mixture of, do I need this? And as of late, I have not seen anything coming out of the Marvel comics that I need. Now, that's not to say there aren't people out there that enjoy them. Our buddy Vader Nick loves them. Um, And I've had a friend kind enough to let me use their Marvel account to sort of stay uh, up to date on the comics. And they're not all bad. They do do some things that just don't feel Star Wars-y to me, I guess. They just don't jive. And I, I read them... You know, when you were letting me read them and, uh, you know, the ones that you got. And that was my general feeling. I was like, this is this is comic booky, but it's not Star Wars. Like, right. And I know that's an awful way to put it, but there was too much going on and they were using the characters in ways that did not feel relatable to the saga. Right. And, you know, that's not to say it couldn't turn around or or get better quality. And and if I start hearing really good things, then I'll jump back in. My plan right now is to eventually just collect them all in trade paperback form so I can sit down and read whole arcs at one time, you know? Right. And I think that'll help my enjoyment. And also, I won't have to go to the comic store every couple of weeks. And there's also, like, you know, the Princess Leia one was basically all dialogue. Talk about no action, all dialogue and character development. And not that that's an awful thing. It was just boring, like snooze fest. And, and like, uh, like I'm saying, there's, there's stuff that they've done that I've been like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Anytime they go back and do like the Obi-Wan flashback where Luke's reading his journals about his previous adventures and stuff. Yeah. I think that's spot on. They have the same thing coming up, but with Yoda in a few issues. Um, and that intrigues me. I'll definitely check that out. Um, and I want to check out the Han Solo series. I haven't gotten caught up on that, but I've, I've heard a lot of people say that's one of the stronger ones. To be honest, the one I enjoyed the most was the Kanan series. I thought the yeah, Kanan series was, was solid. Um, also, the Obi-Wan and Anakin series I thought was solid. What's the Poe Dameron family one? What did that, which one was that one? Shattered Empire. 
I guess. It started off good. Yeah, and then it just sort of, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to say too much about that one because I think it, it was also a result of too many expectations on my part, thinking that they were going to do some real big shit that tied in with The Force Awakens in this one, you know? And I, I can't tell if I'm just being a comic book snob or a Star Wars snob or a combination of the both. I think it might be a little combination of the both, at least for me, to be honest. I just, um, I don't know. You're messing with too much. And I know a comic book requires a lot to have somewhere to go, especially in the Star Wars universe, but it's just too much, bro. It's too much. Um, and as far as an anime Star Wars or a manga Star Wars, like all day, every day, all day. So now, Dean, I don't know if you know about these, but they did ad- adaptations of at least the original trilogy in manga form. And they, they are sure did. beautiful. I recommend hopping on Amazon or going to your your local comic shop and, and hunting them down. They are beautiful. Some beautiful Indeed. artwork and and stuff um but yeah I, I could see something done more in a manga or manga or however you say it style i'm probably i say manga because i'm a redneck manja 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 um but you know i would be all about that um and if you haven't watched the attack on titan show watch that dean um yeah give it a look i'm more familiar with that than the manga although i have read some of the manga um it's a pretty faithful adaption, and it is fucking tight. <clears throat> um, so next up, we have our good buddy Joe. Will and Halls, I hope you're doing well. I'm on the road to Orchard Park, New York, ready for three days of tailgating for everyone's beloved Buffalo Bills to play San Francisco Sunday. For oh, that those, sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, man, I was, uh, I was talking to Joe, and it has been years since I've gone to a good tailgate. Ooh, barbecue and beer. For those who aren't aware, the Bills organization opens a lot specific for campers across from the stadium at 8 a.m. Saturdays before a home game on Sundays. So here's my question. On what world in the Star Wars universe would you like to tailgate for a few days? As a Bills fan, I would probably choose Hoth because I'm already used to the cold. I guess the jungle world we've seen in Rogue One's trailers would be a choice for a lot of people. Also, who wouldn't want to tailgate with Ewoks on the forest moon of Endor? Mustafar would be my choice for least accommodating world for tailgating. Any thoughts? Go Bills and go Kia D. Mundi, Joe. Uh, where would you like to go tailgating, Will? Uh, Endor or Felucia. You you like Felucia a lot, right? Dude, it's the, neat the looking. The vibrant colors, the giant fauna and flora like it would be awesome of course i wouldn't want to roll up on the giant acclay or whatever that uh praying mantis looking thing is uh will would be like going up to all the different fauna no that's animals flora and uh sampling it to see if he could catch a quick buzz for many look at this giant mushroom oh yeah brother will turns in the hulk hogan um I'm going to have to go with you and Joe on here. And like, to me, the only answer is indoor tailgating with a bunch of rowdy ass Ewoks playing me some tunes on fucking stormtrooper helmets, feeding me mystery meat. Who knows where that came from? <clears throat> and, um, I'm here to tell you like 
uh, an Ewok would be like the Ewoks would be tired of me. They'll be like, this guy keeps picking me up and hugging me and petting me. Like, wait, I'm, I'm a humanoid. Like it stopped treating me like I'm a giant teddy bear, but I would just be like, Oh, come here. Law gray. You need a hug, buddy. Let me scratch you behind those ears. You, yeah. Until like you would be like, Hey, why don't you worship me as a God? And I'll be your, I'll be the teddy bear. God. I'll be the forest teddy bear god. No, I don't, I don't want the Ewoks to worship me. I just want them to be my my animal friends. Speaking of animal friends, uh, Jesse and I went on a Pokemon date on Monday. We both had the day off. Um, and we went to Avondale Park to feed the yeah. ducks and uh, hunt some Pokemon. Well, your boy decided he was going to become friends with uh, a Canadian goose. How'd that go? Um, and there was one that was like, Sticking real close to me. He knew I had the good stuff, the bread. So he was like being real patient and eating it out of my hand. He seemed friendly enough. And I was like, you know what? We've got a rapport going. I'm going to pet this motherfucker. Today, now is when I get to pet this fucking goose, right? Yeah. He bit the shit out of me. Ooh, he goosed you. You got (laughs) goosed by a goose. And and he he started hissing. He was not stoked. That I tried to pat him on his back. He whipped that fucking weird ass neck right around and bit me right on my fucking hand, man. He was like, hey, no uh, no touchy before ASCII. <laughs> so, um, but I'm sure if it was a tiger or a bear or a raccoon, it would go much better. You know, I'm mammals. Sure. Mammals. I got mind control over mammals. The avians, though. They're the squirrely ones. Um... Here we go, and you know how we do. We like to follow up either uh, King Tom with Joe or Joe with King Tom. So here comes the king of all Toms writing in. Halls and Will, going to get right to business here. That Rogue One trailer, fucking awesome. For some reason, the moment that stuck with me the most was seeing that ATST in action in the city area. Ooh, I think uh, we hit on that. We We did. King Tom's on our fucking wavelength. I loved those chicken walkers as a kid, and I'm glad that even though they're unveiling new tanks and ties and six new types of stormtroopers, they still have some use for classic chicken walkers. One point I would like to see brought up in Rogue One, the Diagnoga. Yeah, they've been building the Death Star for a few years, but how does the Emperor's brand new battle station have a damn monster in the garbage system? Did the Empire place it there on purpose? Or did some stormtrooper on shore leave to the galaxy's equivalent of Tijuana by a mystery pet, but have to flush it when he realized it was contraband? What do you think? Will Rogue One explain the Diagnoga? Finally, I wanted to give out to give a shout out to Richie from Boston. His email on last week ep- ec- last week's episode gave me chills. As they say, as they say, awesome story, bro. Thanks for reading your pal King Tom. I believe he's referencing the story about Richie finding a coffee can full of uh, vintage Star Wars figures. Oh. Which was great. Um, so what do you think about the Diagnoga on the, the Death Star, Will? I'm not really sure what to think about that. Like, uh, I would venture a guess as to it, it serves some sort of ecological and... Um, you know, disposal function. Like maybe the Dianoga breaks down carbon-based waste. That's what I was kind of wondering. If it's like a um, a biological solution to breaking down trash and garbage. Yeah, you know? that's kind. That's my guess. I mean, 
um, it, it would be an interesting story if some stormtrooper, you know, dumped an off-world pet or had, you know, a wicked case of the space runs from a oh, weird... See? They, now you're, you're... In my mind, I was like, what if a Dianoga starts off kind of like a tapeworm and some yeah, poor like stormtrooper was down on Scarif and got a Dianoga... Ate some weird sushi. You yeah. Know, weird... Got a Dianoga in his belly and he crapped it out and then that ended up in the... That Dianoga, shoot. man. Man, I don't like underwater things. Sharks... Things like that, they fucking I mean, freak me out. that's a natural evolutionary instinct. And you know, water is not where we reign supreme in the food chain. Did you ever play um, Shadows of the Empire on yes. N64? Do you remember the sewer level and the last boss, you're underwater fighting a Dianoga and you see like uh, its full body and stuff? Yeah, horrifying. Horrifying, right? Like, I'm sure now going back and playing that, I'd be like, these graphics suck. This doesn't scare me at all. But as a kid, like. The level that irritated the shit out of me was the. I guess it was like a garbage level. Well, it's like the garbage planet or something. Bunch of canyons, and then you fight IG 88 in the end. Oh, God, it's going to. Yeah, wreck that's, me. that's like um, shit. It, it's, uh, it's not Kessel. It's. Was that supposed to be Ord Mantel? I don't even remember. It's been so long for me. I just remember it was a bunch of canyons. Like. Oh, I remember that uh, level is not a good level. And that's like it's the so second or third level in the game. Because you got a jetpack everywhere or something. And it's just ridiculous. Like, as far as a platformer goes, ridiculous. Um, But yeah, man, that Dianoga part freaked me out as a kid. And I was just like, ugh. And you know what? Um... So, like, people are, are all about the VR now. You know, the PlayStation VR released yeah. this week. And I was sort of toying around with not getting one this week, but eventually maybe um, putting down the massive amount of cash to get one. Um, just because VR is something that interests me, and they're going to have that Star Wars X-Wing VR experience on there. Of course. It's the next um, evolution of technology. But one of the, like, it comes with the demo disc, right? And one of the demos on the disc is called Shark Dive, where you're no. VR in a steel cage no. diving with sharks and stuff. And I, when I saw that, I was like, well, there is one I would never play. Yeah, pass, hard pass. Like, I uh, don't need, I don't need uh, a heart attack at the I age know, of man. 30. Thank you very much. Uh, because neither. if it's something serene, like being underwater, watching the sharks swim around you, yeah, that's fine. But if you're going to try to spook me with something like, coming right at the cage where you know i'm looking in the wrong direction and then here it comes out the corner of my eye and then i'm freak out you know no thank you no, no thank you my heart can't I don't take need it a, i don't need a stroke as much as i want to go up to a, a full-grown tiger and just like bear hug him and scratch him behind his ears fuck a goddamn shark fuck a shark dude there's something primeval about a shark like it the black eyes the black you know, fucking soulless eyes the fact that it's a killing machine that does not sleep, like it does nothing but move and eat and kill. Like it is a prehistoric dinosaur, just like an alligator. Oof. So we got one last email this uh, evening uh, before we wrap anything up uh, or everything up. And this is our buddy pop collector extraordinaire Luke. I'll come up with a better nickname for you at some point, buddy. 
Hey, Halls and Will. Well, it's official. The hype is real. Rogue One is shaping up to be one hell of a chapter in the Star Wars story. The trailer was amazing. It gave me everything I wanted. If I could have added anything, it would have been one Vader, one line from Vader. Just a quick power from James Earl Jones would have put it over the top. <coughs> to name my favorite part of the trailer would be too difficult. So I'll just point out a few things. First all, of all, the cinematography in the film is breathtaking. I've got to uh, agree with him there. There are some shots in that trailer that are just fucking beautiful. Amazing there are. shots. Agreed. Even if the movie ended up being complete shit, the visuals alone would make it worth multiple viewings. I love all of the dramatic speeches and one-liners from Krennic giving Vader the business to Churrit getting all inspirational and laying down the Force wisdom. Saul, short-wendingly telling our heroes to protect the rebellion like a little baby, and Cassian's make 10 people feel like 100 line were also fantastic. I am in love with these characters. Lucasfilm should provide tissues for midnight release. It's going to be rough yet amazing to see Vader snuff out their lives. So I'll end this with a quick question. What was your favorite line in the new trailer? Thanks for the great show, Luke. Favorite line from the new trailer. Whatever that line is about hope. I'm I'm having trouble remembering it right now, but... We have hope. Rebellions yeah. are built on hope. Yep, yep. That's that my one best gen or so right now. Um, that one is good, too. Um, and, and I say that being not 100% sold on her line delivery from the other trailers. I think we got some better stuff in this trailer. Um, I wasn't writing her off. I was just like, yeah, I don't know about the I rebel line and may the force be with us. But I liked some of her stuff in this trailer. Um, and this may go back to something, you know, the, one of our episodes way back. But if this is what reshoots get, get us, dude, reshoot all day. Right. Reshoot all day. Like I'm gonna, like I agree, like with what we're seeing now. I'm gonna hold that sentiment until we see the final movie. Um, but if the final movie is as good as I feel like it's gonna be, then yeah, reshoot until the cows come home. You know? Yeah. Um, my favorite line would probably be, and I can't exactly quote it right now. Would be Churrit's, um, his force stuff. That just that's the kind of stuff that gets me in Star Wars, man. I love a good force thing, and I, I really like the line so much didn't get me as much as his delivery of uh, Director Krennic saying, um, the power of this station is immeasurable. Like, I thought that was, like, I was like, I feel you, man. I, I, I believe him. I believe that guy right there. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that hardcore. Um, and what else did he say? That was his question or favorite lines. Mine was the Churret. Yours was the We Have Hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Cassian's line about making 10 people feel like 100 um, is also good. Is also mm -hmm. good. So do you think, um, just real quickly before we wrap up, he mentioned uh, Saul, Saul being short, sort of short-winded when he, we hear his line. Do you think that's a result of that shit he has in his chest? Like... Do you think he has difficulty typing, or not typing, difficulty talking? <laughs> yeah, 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 you can tell I'm still sort of in work mode talking about typing. Um, he's Stephen Hawking. Um, <laughs> my name is Saul Guerrero. Uh, I really don't know. You know, I don't know the extent of his injuries, so I can't call it either way. But something about his chest messed up. Something about his chest late plate in that tube that tube kind of reminds me of like a ventilator tube 
It don't look something. like it come off. No. So I it think looked permanent. I think he may be sort of, for lack of a better term, the rebels version of Darth Vader, where I think maybe that suit is keeping him alive. Yeah. Um, cause he's seen some shit and he's got some pretty extensive war he's injuries. Seen some things. He's seen some, some stuff. stuff and some things. Um, but uh, I think that'll about do it for us tonight, buddy. Did we get wrapped up in time for you to get your uh, beauty resting? Oh, perfect. Get your I'm going to go strap into my Darth Vader apparatus. I'll take a picture and send it to you, my apparatus. Oh. So, okay, okay, so you got a couple of minutes. What is What exactly does a sleep test consist um, of? Well, okay, it, there's a monitor. You strap yeah. the monitor to your midsection. There's a band above the monitor that monitors your heart rate, uh, your thoracic monitor, and then there's a monitor that monitors your abdomen. I'm not sure what, you know, it goes across your belly button. I'm not sure what that measures. Maybe respiratory, uh, respiratory, you know, like, but, uh, and then there is uh, a little thing that goes on your finger and that will monitor your pulse. Right. I'm used to those. And then there's, um, I think it's called a canella or, Something that goes up your nose, like you're getting oxygen, like an old person. You know those little, yeah, those little things that go in your nose, so and that will monitor the oxygen flow. They sent all this equipment home with you. Yeah, my insurance is not as good as you know some people's. If I had really good insurance, they would do this I in could, the hospital. Yeah, they would. They they have a whole like a sleep center. Like um, you know, there are multiple rooms where they monitor you overnight. But uh, my insurance is like the B minus insurance. So they were like, hey, we're not going to cover that in the thing, in the uh, clinic. But you can't, we'll, we'll cover an outpatient one where you can take it home. Uh, so they, they brought me in and they, um, I'm just glad that they do that, you know, so oh, I can for sure. make sure my apnea is not you that rem- bad. Uh, I'm, I was going to ask this like you wouldn't remember, but remember when my insurance screwed me over and I had that surgery um, about five years ago and they're like, look, it's about a month and a half recovery time. You're going to be have to be in bed for that month while this heals. Yeah. And they were like, so you'll be in the hospital for like a week after the surgery, and then we'll send you home, and we'll send uh, nurses and, and stuff out to check on you every day, but you'll be able to recover at home. And I was like, ah, okay. I mean, it sucks being sort of bedridden for a month, but um, it'll be all right. And this yeah. was when Will was my roommate. Will and I were living together at the time. We were. And then, like... The day before I'm supposed to get out of the hospital and go home, they come in and they're like, uh, bad news. Your insurance won't cover uh, home health care. So we're going to transfer you to a long stay hospital and you got to stay in a hospital for a month and a half. Oh, Dude, you lost your mind. I was so upset. But get this. We uh, I, I made some attempts to try to make the stay mm. a little more bearable. I did bring your giant flat screen TV and your Xbox and some games. And I even was able to sneak Dharma in. Oh, yeah. uh, Look, look, you were the MVP of that month and a half. You did indeed. You let me borrow your TV instead of bringing my big ass TV up there. Yeah. And uh, brought my Xbox. And uh, I had pre-ordered because I remember this will tell you guys when it was. I was going to be getting out of the hospital and coming home. The day the Force Unleashed Two came out, that's right. And I had already pre-ordered it and paid it off, and Will was going to go pick it up for me. Well, Will went at midnight, 
picked it up, brought it out to the hospital, which wasn't close to our house, brought a bunch of snacks and shit, and I sat up in the hospital all night playing Force Awakens, or Force Awakens, Force Unleashed 2, like, beginning to end. So, um... And I know there's some college stuff, but I made space cookies for your stay in uh, that little hospital. <laughs> it was a good time. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. That. No, I'm just kidding. He did indeed. Some space cookies were had, and I had a good old time. Um, well, I, dude, I hope your uh, your sleep test comes out all right. And uh, man, that seems like a lot of setup for home. Yeah, I mean, but you know, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure my, I'll, I'll be anxious to know what the results are, and hopefully, I can, you know, if if the apnea is bad enough to warrant a CPAP machine, hopefully, I'll get my my own little Darth Vader nightly breathing setup. Yeah, man. Uh, my uncle actually sleeps with one of those, and you know, he said it took a little getting used to, but he got there. That'll so. end the ass crushing days. Why you think just because you got to strap on your Darth Vader gear, you can't? You'd be like, no, nah, you 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 crush ass so efficiently that the girl would be like, I don't care what you dress up as after you crush this ass. No, I don't man, care I, one bit. I think I think you could play for whom the bell tolls. No, and it would be appropriate. No, I think you crush ass with the CPAP on. I I I just don't. I don't. Oh man. Don't, don't let the CPAP dampen your ass crushing style. I think you've got you've got a long road of ass crushing ahead of you, CPAP or not. CPAP or not. Well, may the force be with me. Yeah, indeed. So if you guys <laughs> like our theme song, please support the band who is generate generous enough to donate that music to us for us to use. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can get their music at on iTunes, on Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Send in your emails. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>